gentlemen, welcome back. It has been a minute. I feel like we need to play that song, Welcome Back. It's been a minute since we've all got together, since we've uh, done a podcast of the Sports Meme. I don't even know what number we are on, um, but since we've had a little bit of a hiatus, we got some really interesting topics to cover across all sports. Um, we're going to headline this thing, guys, with uh, with Julio, because uh, I can't believe how the Atlanta didn't get a better offer. Uh, so we're, we're going to go really dive into the Julio Jones and the Packers drama. Uh, but there's really enough through all the major sports uh, to cover. So, JC, Newman, you guys ready to jump in? Let's go. Yeah. All right. So Julio... Uh, Julio Jones goes from Atlanta to Tennessee, going from a pretender to a contender, and I think really vaults the Titans up into the upper echelon of not just the AFC, but the NFL in total. And they gave him away for, I mean, not pennies, but nickels, in my opinion. Um, you know, a second and a fourth. Uh, and they actually get a six-rounder um, back. So... Uh, you know, what is your guys' take? Are you guys with me that thinking that there's no way another AFC team couldn't have given more to Atlanta? So from the reports that I heard, they suggested that this is actually the best offer that they had uh, that was legitimate. Well, of course, uh, Atlanta's going to put that out there, right? Like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I'm buying it. Uh, to me, it is. It seems light, obviously. Uh, the thing that I think you have to look at is we look at some of the, some of the previous wide receiver trades that we've seen. Uh, so you have, um, you know, obviously Hopkins going last year that we also thought that looked light. And then uh, Brandon Cooks was traded twice for first round draft picks. Julio Jones, even now, you know, much older Julio Jones than Brandon Cooks was at that point in time and not on his rookie deal, still worth a lot more than, than Brandon Cooks in my opinion. And he was traded, as I mentioned, twice for first round draft picks. So that's one of those where it's like, uh, I don't know how you don't get a little bit more for this. Um, so I, I do think it seems a little light, but the Titans, it's a big upgrade for them. I mean, I think a, a contract had a big play to, a big deal to play with this too. He's getting $15,300,000 uh, in contract in his base salary this season. I don't know there's that many contenders out there that are willing to trade a first-round pick to get into that Super Bowl contention rank to bring on that contract as well. It's a pretty small window. I think a second rounder is a pretty good trade for, for Julio here. I don't think it's it's a ridiculous offer. So the, I heard that there was about 11 teams that could fit him into their cap without having to make moves. Um, that's just 11 teams out of, you know, the 32. So uh, plus you're, you know, the Falcons, so you're obviously not trading for him yourself. So you're talking more than a third of the league that would have been capable of acquiring Julio. Now the question is whether or not those teams are contenders. We don't know who all was interested. Um, I think that there was better fits. I would have loved to have seen what he could do in a system like San Francisco, uh, especially reuniting with Kyle Shanahan. Um, and that's a team that I, I feel like would have been able to find a way to make him fit him in under the cap if they needed to. But obviously they didn't, they weren't aggressive enough or they couldn't beat the offer or maybe, you know, the Atlanta was just like, no, we're not going to send him anywhere in the NFC. So, so yeah, that's, that's the next strategy, Newman. Uh, you were reading my mind there. Uh, as if you guys were NFL GMs, are you removing half the league as a trade suitor just so you don't send them within your own conference? I'm okay with shutting down the division, but I mean, the reports I saw, they weren't trading it to an NFC team. They were sending it to AFC or bust here. Um, and that really limits your pool with JC with the point you said, 
uh, about you know just the amount of teams that could take on a $15 million wide receiver. Uh, so put your GM hats on. Um, if you were ever in this position, would you limit your suitors due to uh, division or contenders? So for me, I think it always depends, right? Uh, in this particular situation, if I'm Atlanta, based on how far I think that team is from actually being a contender, I don't think Julio Jones is going to kill you for a couple of years. So I would have no issue sending him in conference. Obviously, I would want him in my division, like you mentioned, and I have no issue with that. Plus, I don't really think anyone in that division is really going to be like trying to trade actively for him. Maybe Carolina. Um, but the, the, Pan- the Panthers had the money. Um, yeah, the, the Panthers Bucks certainly have top 10 in, in cap. Yeah, the Bucks certainly don't don't need him. Uh, if you could get Carolina to pay a penalty, maybe you'd think about it, but uh, probably not. But uh, outside of that, the rest of the NFC, I am open to doing. Yeah, I'm with you there, Newman. I mean, you think that Tuya Jones probably has one, two years left on his, his eligibility to play in the NFL. He's going to retire at some point. And if you don't think your team's going to get there, he's going to take the best offer whatsoever as long as it isn't going to you know, New Orleans or Carolina. Uh, so I, I don't know why they would eliminate the NFC. And I, I don't know that San Francisco is really bought into the fact that they're going to be a Super Bowl contender in the next couple of years. So I don't know if this Julio Jones makes a huge difference for them. So, I, I mean, I think the Titans are pretty much – uh, the best destination outside of Green Bay for Julio Jones. What about well, so- San Diego? Um, they they have plenty of cap room to to fit it in. Um, that that's a team in the AFC. I would have thought San Diego would have jumped all over it. I would have thought the Colts would have dropped jumped all over it. The Browns don't really need it, but the Browns have you know a, the fifth most salary right now. Um, I know they're going to have to resign guys here pretty soon. Um, but those were three AFC teams that um, I would have thought could have definitely matched or exceeded that offer. How about the Colts? Uh, but yeah. yeah, I definitely think the Los Angeles Chargers would have been a good fit. Uh, not the San Diego Chargers because they don't bad. exist anymore. Uh, <laughs> I mean, how many years in are we in? We're still making that mistake. It's all good. <laughs> but uh, I mean, going back to what you're saying in terms of San Francisco, they were in the Super Bowl two years ago. They had a rash of injuries last year. They still have, you know, good off. They have an improved offensive line. They still should be able to run the ball. If the defense can stay healthy, that is a team that is, in my opinion, competing for a Super Bowl. And uh, a guy like Julio Jones is definitely a piece that can get you over the top, uh, maybe in that NFC Championship game against the Bucks, if that were to be the case. Yeah. JC, what do you think about some of those other teams that I mentioned? Um, do you think that those would have been good fits? And do you think they should have pushed harder uh, for a Julio commitment? Yeah, definitely. I think Indianapolis is kind of interesting. Um, I mean, Who's their number one? I mean, they don't have one. They have an interesting wide receiver room with like Michael Pittman. They still have T.Y. Hilton. But yeah, they don't have like that guy. But I don't know that Julio is going to be that guy. I think he's the ideal kind of number two wide receiver, luxury wide receiver at that number two position, which why the L.A. Chargers, sorry, San Diego, I know you're still hurting with that, but they seem to like Mike Williams a lot. I thought they may have been a bigger player. They just may not have wanted to uh, give up quite as much capital as Tennessee did. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, last part of this equation, I think, is what I mentioned at the onset, that I think this vaults uh, Tennessee up under that at upper echelon. I think they're right in the conversation now with the Chiefs and the Bills. Uh, Newman, I know um, in the group chat you disagree with that. JC, I haven't got your opinion, um, so I'm, 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 I'd love to hear again uh, what you guys? Where you think Tennessee now falls in uh, in the AFC hierarchy? 
I would put Tennessee probably at the number three or four best team in the AFC right now. Uh, I don't think they change a whole lot of their game plan with Julio Jones in there. I don't think Tannehill gets pass happy. They're going to lean on Derrick Henry. Uh, and if you look at like, and I think for a fantasy perspective, it's really interesting too. AJ Brown only had 14 more targets than Corey Davis last year. You, you put in Julio Jones into that Corey Davis role. Uh, it's going to be super interesting for them. It's going to make that offense very, very difficult to cover. They're still going to control the clock with that. Uh, I'm curious what they do at the tight end position if they try to upgrade from Anthony Berkser. But uh, I do think Tennessee is – I mean, they, they're the Super Bowl contender for sure. Yeah, so I don't think it moves the needle all that much for me. Uh, it might give them a slight edge over the Colts uh, in the division. But in terms of – in the AFC picture, I still have Kansas City uh, and the Ravens and the Browns o- o- ahead of them. And the reason for that primarily for me is the, the defense for both those teams. Uh, I think the Ravens have one of the better defenses in the NFL, and I think the Browns have one of the best rosters in the NFL, period. Uh, so it comes down to kind of a Baker Mayfield assessment for the Browns. If Baker can actually play well, then, you know, the 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 Browns are going to be a tough out for anybody, even, you know, even Kansas City. But Kansas City's the clear number one. Obviously, we're not going to knock them off the pedestal if they go to two straight Super Bowls right there. But uh, the thing about me for the Titans that's still lacking is their defense is still not that great. Uh, they were one of the worst defenses in the league last year. They added Bud Dupree coming off an ACL injury, Danico Autry from the Colts, and then they added Norris Jenkins, who's an aging corner, uh, he will help. I think their defense is better with those three added, but not significantly better, in my opinion. Yep. And so, I'm up here in, in Colts country, unfortunately. Um, Justin Houston's name keeps get throwing around for the Titans um, as, as sort of a, a Bud Dupree insurance policy. Would 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 a Justin Houston addition help um, your your opinion on Tennessee at all? Not not significantly. Um, it would, you know, it, it's a good piece to have. It's just, It would be a smart decision to do something like that just because anytime you build a little bit more extra depth there uh, just in case of injury. But Justin Houston is a guy who's passed, way past his prime too. So if you've got these guys that are injury prone and past their prime, um, can you really rely on them to rush the passer in, you know, critical situations? And, I mean, that, that the rest of that defense is just not that great. It's just not. Yeah. So, so JC, you, you had them at number three. Do you think in a one game format, um, they had the ability to knock off Kansas city and Buffalo? I do. I mean, it's all going to be about game flow. Uh, obviously those two offenses with Kansas city and Buffalo can put up a lot of points in a, in a hurry. Uh, but if Tennessee can get up early and control that clock with Derrick Henry, make very efficient passes with Julio Jones and AJ Brown, that's a really tough team to come back from, from behind. Uh, so I, I think they can. Yeah, in a one-game scenario, just like that in the playoffs in the NFL, if they get hot, yeah, I, I do think they can knock them off. I don't know that they will. I don't know that I'd bet on it. But, yeah, they definitely have the ability. Does Mike Vrabel bite his dick off to get to the Super Bowl? I hope so. <laughs> and I'm kind of curious. I want to ask you, Newman, you mentioned Indianapolis and, and the Ravens. How far back do you have the Dolphins? Uh, from those teams as well. I think it's a really interesting team in the AFC that we're talking about. I don't know if the Ravens are really all there. They lost a lot of pass rush on that defense this year. Where do the Dolphins fit in there for you? I mean, the Dolphins are definitely no higher than, I don't know, seventh, probably. Uh, you still got the Bills, who are elite on offense. 
uh, that you can put in there. The Bills aren't really great at anything else. They're not great at running the ball. They're not great at stopping the run or stopping the pass, uh, as we saw from last year. But um, they may, you know, they may have improved a little bit with some of their rookie uh, draft picks. But I don't think that's going to be a huge improvement for them. They're going to have to do something schematically, which they do have a good scheme coach for. Um, in terms of the Dolphins, we got to see it from Tua before I'm going to buy in. So that's that's the real factor for me. Um, I do, you know, in general, I like that roster. I think that they've got some interesting pieces, good defensively. Uh, I do like the coach and what they're doing down there in terms of organizationally but we have to see it from Tua before I'd buy into it. Now, if they were to say trade for Deshaun Watson still, and uh, he eventually is able to play maybe in the playoffs this year, then uh, that would be a different story. That's interesting. I'm glad you mentioned that too, because both the Chiefs and the Bills are awful against tight ends. So that makes that with Tennessee, that Anthony Berkser position, all that more important as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, J, uh, JC, I'm glad you brought up the Dolphins. I mean, them and the Chargers are definitely two teams I'm going to be rooting for. And I think I – and me, maybe my black and gold bias coming out here, but I slide both the Chargers and the Dolphins ahead of the Ravens. I think they've lost a lot. Um, and until, until – I mean, to bring up your, your Tua comparison, until Lamar shows he can do anything in the playoffs – um, I, I'm going to continue to write off the Ravens. So I think they don't have they, they don't have an, they don't have a quarterback that w- can win a big game, and their defense um, took some steps back. So um, I see the Ravens going in the in the opposite direction, but with with the caveat how did their that their defense I am a take steps back. How, how did their defense take steps back? Uh, just they, they didn't add anyone. They got a year older. I, I don't have their additions. They have. Here. I mean, Patrick Queen is was a rookie last year, so he should be improved this year. Uh, we saw Devin White make a huge jump from his rookie year to his sophomore year. Outside of that, the rest of their roster is mostly the same uh, with some injury luck. You know, that that's going to be a better roster. They had some injury problems. Um, <clears throat> they'd lose Judon. Uh, that's about it. Yeah. Is, is Ngakwe still there? I should know this, but I don't. No, Ngakwe is not there, but he wasn't there most of the season anyway. So he's a, he's the Raiders, the Raiders now. Gotcha. Yeah, he is with the Raiders. I mean – and that's always been a big strong suit for them is the edge rusher, and they didn't do a whole lot to replace that. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's um, let, let's shift to the other big NFL topic, uh, and that is Aaron Rodgers and the drama that's going on in Green Bay. I mean, it, it's all over ESPN, so I, I don't I don't need to do too much background on this. Um, but let's just let's just cut to it before we get uh, into the weeds with it. Does Aaron Rodgers play for Green Bay this year? Yes. Yeah, he probably does. <laughs> he's not going he's 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 to sit out. Yeah, he's not going to sit out. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, that's why I, am I am I I'm a black and white. I'm black and white. I, I, I don't see the shades of gray. That's why I think all of this is just ridiculous. He's going to play. I'm with you guys. Um, it's a it's a messy divorce. It'll end after the season. Um, but for me, I'd rather focus on on other things. I think this Aaron Rodgers stuff is, is, is way overplayed. Um, am, am I, am I seeing this too black and white or do you guys think there's actually uh, a topic here? To me, what he's trying to do is he's essentially trying to poison the well enough to where the point where, you know, he's going to, he's either going to get what he wants or he's going to make, you know, burn it all to the ground without the, when he leaves kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, 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 that's what I mean. I mean, this is dragging, this is dragging the kids through the mud. I mean, this is a messy, messy divorce. This is making it public. This is putting Facebook statuses. 
Um, you know, this, this is about as public divorce as, as I can remember. Um, but again, it, it's, it, for me, it's all a facade. I mean, not a facade, but I mean, he's playing this year. Um, you know, whether he likes it, whether the coaches or management like it, he's playing. Yeah, yeah. I just can't see a 37 year old quarterback wasting one of the best years of his career coming off of a, an MVP and just be like, you know what, I'm going to come back at 38 with some other team after sitting out an entire year. There's just absolutely no way it's going to happen. And yeah. Enjoy his fun going on vacation with, with Shailene. We'll see you, see you week one. No problem. Do you see Miles Teller got punched in the face while on that vacation? You guys see that? Rogers? I, I did. I did hear that. No. So Miles Teller and Aaron Rodgers are like best buds. Um, no. Which was uh, a weird, Miles, uh, Miles Teller is friends with Shailene Woodley from her time in Divergent, the movie. Oh, uh, that makes more sense. Well, yeah. anyway, he he went to. <laughs> they were obviously publicizing it all over Instagram. You know, Aaron Rodgers is karaokeing, hammered. You know, they're showing pictures of them drunk all over Hawaii. So I guess Miles Teller. Uh, didn't pay his event planner from his wedding and his event planner like showed up where they were staying and punched miles teller in the face. It's a hilarious story. Uh, <laughs> Newman, did, did I get, did I get that right? Uh, I, I didn't hear that, that portion of the story, but that sounds great. Uh, he did some boxing movies, so he should be able to take a punch. <laughs> right. Uh, I, anyway, on a on a on a non Miles Teller storyline here, the, the more interesting part to this Packers drama is Jordan Love sucks. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's that's the bigger thing is uh, not only did the Packers screw themselves, they screwed themselves with a guy who can't play. Um, do you think this is just kind of you know first year learning curve, or or does Love really suck? So, I mean, Jordan Love's biggest cop coming out was um, was actually Josh Allen. That's what who, what everyone was trying to compare him to. Uh, you know, playing at a smaller school, uh, having the wide receivers leave essentially. You know, during after your junior year when you had a good season, and then the senior year not playing quite as well. Um, he's a physically talented specimen, but don't know if he's going to have the development curve or whatever. Uh, that that Josh Allen had, I would bet against it just because that's unlikely in my opinion. Um, so I, I mean, how bad are the Packers right now if Jordan Jordan Love is actually the starter quarterback this year? How many two games they win? Two and fifteen. I, I don't know that I would go that far, <laughs> but but, I, but they're they're definitely not a playoff team in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, what Adam Schefter said, they're going to be a bottom 10 team for sure. And then there's the the sleeper bot. I don't know if you guys are on sleeper for fantasy. Came out with Jordan Love's first crack of the two-minute drill. Barely gets past midfields and ends with him skying a pass over wide receiver Malik Taylor on fourth and seven. That's a plus 46. I mean, it's terrible. And the, the news on him is terrible just because it's about Aaron Rodgers and people want to talk about it. Um, it's just crazy. They, they sent a first-round pick on him. Rough, rough. Poor guy. They they traded up. They traded up to spend a first round draft pick on him. So they they sacrificed additional trades, got him who didn't help you at all for the last year. Uh, you know this is a team where quarterback wins the MVP. Maybe if you you get another player there, you have a chance to actually beat the Bucks and you can win the Super Bowl. You're that close. Yeah, no, for sure. A piece or two away, certainly, especially on that defense, uh, or maybe a wide receiver. I don't know. Is that insane to to propose? 
Yeah, uh, I mean, <laughs> an edge rusher, a corner, a wide receiver, something like that would all have been beneficial. Or a tackle, you know, Bakhtiari got hurt, so that may have helped. Yeah, no, 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 for sure. I'm, I'm trying to think, and and JC and Newman, you guys are better with this. We, it all, seems we all agree that Jordan Love is a bust, will be a bust, will likely never play significant snaps uh, or, or you know, meaningful snaps in the NFL. Um, where does he fall as far as busts? Like, wh- where, where, what company are you putting him in with? I don't know that I could actually say that right at this point because this is all projection. We haven't seen him play a snap. He hasn't ever he hasn't ever dressed for a game, so I'm not going to say how big of a bust he is. Um, but yeah, I don't think he's a massive bust because the hype really wasn't there, and it was a surprise that the Packers took him. Uh, it's really just more about the Packers mismanaging mismanaging their their draft capital more than anything. It would be a bigger storyline than there's Jordan Love the ball. Gotcha. So gotcha. let's talk. Let's talk about some other tackles here. Uh, I think this is a really interesting move just because of what's happened with all of it. Juwan James, who was uh, released by the Broncos after suffering an Achilles tear, was signed to a two-year deal by the Ravens. This is kind of a – you see this a lot more in baseball when a pitcher blows out his elbow and he has Tommy John surgery. He's basically not able to pitch the next season. So they sign him to a two-year deal – allow him to get some money while he's getting paid, control his rehab, and then they have him for the next year um, and then see how it works out. I, I This is the first time I've really seen something like this go down in football, so I thought it was interesting because of that. Um, do you think Juwan James makes an impact on the Ravens uh, come next year? No. Ravens are overrated. Lamar stinks. <laughs> <laughs> how about Gus Edwards? I, do you find it strange that they signed their whatever third – or I guess second string running back now, two for 10, extend him. Dobbins has got to be the starter, right? Yeah. I mean, 5 million seems like a, seems like a lot. I don't know what the actual payout was, but I don't know. Keep messing up Ravens. I love it. Uh, I mean, so what Gus Edwards has averaged over five yards per carry over the last two seasons. He's a really good spell running back. I mean, J.K. Dobbins is going to be the guy, but I think he's going to be overdrafted a lot in fantasy. Uh, and Gus Edwards is going to get a very meaningful share of the carries. Um, he's going to be a nice kind of zero RB guy to kind of fall in there. I don't think Gus Edwards is going away. I think he's a, a legitimately good running back. I was hoping he was going to be a guy that would maybe get released or get an opportunity on another team to be the, the number one guy. But uh, he's going to eat in the J.K. Dobbins carries for sure. Any chance if he got released, he'd wind up playing for the Texans like his boy Mark Ingram and Rex Burkhead now signing with them and mm-hmm. Philip Lindsay Philip signing Lindsay. with them. Uh, uh, yeah, it's a crowded backfield down there in Houston. Yeah, it could be a guy that could end up being meaningful with the Texans. I would have liked to have seen Gus Edwards go down to Miami. I'm not sure that Miles Gaston is going to be the guy down there, but I do like Miles as well. Uh, but I think Gus could be a starter in this league. And, and kind of with the Texans, I know we talked about it a little bit, Newman, but. I think it, by the end of the year, Philip Lindsay wins the lion's share of the carries down there. Yeah, that's uh, that's where I'm betting on that one, too. Just some other quick hitters. Tony Jefferson signs with 49ers after having an ACL tear and missing last season. And Dark West Denard uh, signed with the Cardinals. Uh, Jefferson's interesting uh, as a sec- as you know, safety. He's a, he's a good player when healthy, um, or at least he has been in the past. Um, and then Denard... It's at minimum, he's a, you know, a, a guy that you can play at corner and can take some meaningful snaps for you. You never have too many corners. Um, some other quick hitters. Adam Vinatieri, the, 
is he the goat of all kickers? Uh, retired a couple weeks ago there. Um, some people yeah, would I say mean, yes. yeah, I mean, yeah, again, he, he's an awesome dude. Um, obviously, he was around India a lot. He, he d- did a lot for the community. I think he's the best kicker uh, of all time. Um, yeah, I mean, there's not enough good things to say about Adam Vinatieri. He's uh, he's awesome. Yeah, and I think Pat McAfee just immortalized him with some phenomenal stories as well. Like, how do you not love Adam Vinatieri? Yeah, exactly. Four rings, right? I'm not. I'm Did not quite sure that sound. Did he win three with the Pats and one with the Colts? Something like that. Did he win one with the Colts? He did. So he then four. won one with the Colts. Then it's four because um, he won three yeah. with the Pats for sure. Uh, rest in peace to Jim Fossil, who is former head coach of the New York Giants. Uh, he did lead them to a Super Bowl, was maybe one of the worst Super Bowl performances of all time uh, by any team, uh, thanks to his quarterback, Kerry Collins, throwing five interceptions during the game. Um, but, but, yeah, Jim Fossil had a, a, a pretty impactful career as a coach throughout his uh, throughout his time in the NFL, and his son is now uh, still, still a special teams guy down there at Dallas, formerly with the Rams. Uh, Nick Saban signed an extension that will take him through 2028, uh, that he'll be 77. What are your thoughts? I mean, he sold his soul a long time ago. I mean, he's not <laughs> aging. I mean, good, good for him. Good for Alabama football, bad for everyone else. I mean, I don't even know how much coaching he does at this point. I think I saw his, he has like 50 million people on staff. Everyone does everything else. Um, this guy's a legend. Good for him. Sucks for everybody else. I disagree. I still think that Nick Saban is a really good coach. He is at this point pretty pretty handily got the the greatest of all time in terms of college uh, college coaching at uh, at that level. It's just what he's done at Alabama. It's, it's kind of insane, especially in the era that we're in today. Um, <clears throat> yeah, a couple that. other couple other quick. Things. I do want to give Jim Fossil a shout out. He started his uh, coaching career with the Honolulu Hawaiians in the World Football League. Heck of a way to, to ascend from there, Jim Fossil. Yeah. Um, a couple other quick hitters here. Bob Baffert gets a two-year suspension from uh, the Churchill Downs. I mean, that's is that significant enough, given what happened? No, it's his 30th infraction. He'll cheat again in three years. <laughs> um, uh, any chance he just retires and is like, I'm done? Or, or does he have to come back and try to have a redemption story? I mean, he's richer than I'll get out. I mean, who he doesn't need a <laughs> redemption story. This guy's doing it for fun. Um, I don't know. He's a shady character in a shady sport, and I feel bad for the horses. All right. Well, speaking of some retirements, Coach K announced that he's going to retire. Uh, John Shire is going to take over as his replacement. Do you remember watching John Shire play? I do. I do. He was a very uh, average point guard. Did you, did you like him? I love all point guards, um, but I didn't like him because he was on Duke. Okay. Uh, yeah, he was a guy that drove me nuts when I was at Florida State. Um, but, I mean, who knows if he's going to be any good. Uh, kind of setting a precedent here with uh, Hubert Davis and now and now Coach K. Uh, with and Mike, Mike, Woodson at, Mike Woodson at Indiana. I mean, it just shows teams, you know, blue blood programs. Not that Indiana is quite the blue blood program, at least not at the state of Duke in North Carolina. But a lot of teams are just going back to in-house Right, guys that know the program, know the network, know 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 the state, and know the um, 
know the conference. So that does seem to be the overlying thread is no longer going to get the young up and coming coach, but going with people that know the program. So yeah, that theme is carrying. So so sticking with those kind of themes there in terms of retirement, Danny Ainge retired. Uh, Brad Stevens is getting promoted from within your boy. He didn't want to take the Indiana job, but he's not going to be coaching anywhere now. Um, And then they're searching for a new coach and then hiring an up and comer, Nate Bjorken, out as the Pacers coach after only one season. So thoughts, Indiana boy. Yeah, no, I obviously have a lot of thoughts there. Uh, it, this, the Celtics might be a dumpster fire. Um, Danny Ainge, you know, you know, I don't know why I'm putting air quotes as a podcast. He was pushed into retirement. Um, they, 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 they were, they were done. He, he had so much draft capital uh, to, to put a contender together and never made a finals. Um, they were absolutely done with Danny Ainge, and um, this is Brad Stevens failed upwards. I think I think we're all in the business world and wouldn't mind failing upwards, uh, but they were absolutely fed up with uh, Brad Stevens. He had sort of lost the team, but they believe in his mind, so they think he might be a better uh, position where he, they put him at than where he was before. Um, so the whole Boston situation is messy, um, and and you know. I actually feel like Indiana University dodged a bullet because Brad Stevens seems to be um, really losing his luster quickly uh, in, in the basketball realm. And uh, <laughs> the Nate Bjorkson thing in, in the Pacers, uh, I heard a hilarious quote today because obviously he gets fired today, uh, Wednesday, June 6th. Um, and how June, he was June 9th, June 9th, 9th. sorry. Um, how he was <laughs> managing that, that organization is he was kissing upwards and pissing downwards. I've <laughs> never heard that before, but I'm going to use that so much for bad managers. That is just a hilarious thing that he was just a huge kiss ass to all the powers to be. And yet he completely was just power of negative thinking to the players. I mean, there were multiple times where players got into it on the sidelines with different coaches. Um, it, that, it, it was just an absolute dumpster fire. Um, ran off Oladipo. Um, is going to run off TJ Warren. Um, Sabonis hates it there. Uh, they, the, the Pacers could find themselves in the bottom bottom of the league for for here in the the short term um, quickly. Yeah, I mean, you want to be able to know how a guy is going. Like, no matter what his X's and O's look like, the guy can't communicate. He's not going to be a good leader. Not going to be a guy yep. that you want to put it in front of your organization like that. So that was a bad decision by the Pacers. They probably wish they had Nate McMillan because he took Atlanta to the playoffs this year after taking over midseason, and uh, they had decided to let him go after doing nothing wrong last year. Kissing but up, anyway. Kissing up, pissing down. Remember that. If, if any of you guys remember anything of this podcast, remember that because that is gold. So uh, LeBron decided he's going to change jerseys from 23 to 6. The last time he did this, he said no one should wear 23. And then he proceeded to wear 23 again in his next two stops before now changing back to 6. Just trying to make more money for the NBA, I guess. I don't know. Did they say, hey, LeBron, can you change your number? We need to sell more jerseys or something. What happened here? I mean, LeBron's eliminated, so he's got to make news somehow. Um, I I I I mean, I have no hate against LeBron, but... You just get LeBron fatigue, right? I mean, the same as Brady fatigue. It's I mean, you can just name the sport, and and there's a fatigue that goes with it. Um, I, I just wish he would just go chill out for a while. Um, yeah. You know, ride ride the waves of Space Jam two, and and get out of my timeline. What do you think of the fans with all their bad behavior over the course of the first first round of the of the playoffs there for the NBA? 
spitting Jason, on, I have a, I have a on Trey, spitting on Trey, throwing popcorn on Russ, and you know what, what, like a fan storm in the court and shit like that. JC, go ahead and give your take because uh, I, I got quite the uh, quite the take um, after. I mean, I I really wish I cared more. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in my opinion, it's hot girl summer, man. People don't know how to act out. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if you guys have made it out to bars or or anything like that. People are, are acting a fool. I've seen more blacked out people at bars in the past two months than I think I've seen in the past two years. Uh, people, people are just happy to be out and they're making dumb decisions. I mean, the kid in, uh, the kid in Boston was 21. I think the other kid that's, you know, the spit was like in his mid twenties. I mean, people make mistakes. It's bad behavior, but I don't know. I mean, who cares? I mean, seriously, it's, it's hot girl summer. Let people live dumb. Young kids are going to do dumb things. Hey everyone. I want you, I want to encourage you guys to go to games and stuff like that, but come on, like, come on. I want to you, encourage you, people to do those things so I can watch while I'm at those games. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's touch on some playoffs here. Uh, so we got some gentlemen sweeps, the Sixers over the Wizards. N- no surprise there. Hawks over the Knicks. That was kind of interesting. Uh, all the Knicks fans were super hype on that team, but then, you know, kind of just realized that they didn't really have all that much. And Trey Young put up, you know, established himself as a as a young star there. Nets over Celtics, no surprise there, especially no Jalen Brown. Jazz over the Grizz, no surprise there. <clears throat> Although John Morant did steal a game. Clippers, Mavericks was probably the most interesting series uh, throughout this entire first round. Um, going seven, it, it's wasn't it kind of a tale of injuries to some degree? Like, if Luka that, doesn't get hurt, if Luka doesn't get hurt, you think the, the Mavericks advance in that? No, I think if Kristaps Porzingis can make a shot over uh, literally anyone, he's he, he they're literally putting guys six six or under guarding him, and he's making forty percent of the shots. Kristaps Porzingis, it's in his eyes. Not going there again. Kristaps uh, Porzingis stinks, and they need to replace him um, as soon as as soon as Luca gets a legit number two, the Mavericks will be real. Until then, poor Luca. Kawhi did have a pretty good performance the last two games in that series to, to elevate them, um, in my opinion. Uh, but do you think that we'll, – we'll talk about it in a second. Anyway, Nuggets over the Blazers, 4-2. Dame doesn't have enough help there, I guess. Uh, he, he, he's gone. I mean, he's got to be so fed up with Portland. Um, yeah. I, I, hope he, I hope he goes to the Knicks just because that'll be fun storyline. That there. would be fun. Um, that would be but- fun. I feel bad for Dame. He needs he needs he needs help. I wish CJ McCollum would have played a little bit bigger. Um, I wish Yosef Nurkic would have been a little bit better. Um, ultimately, Dame is one of the funnest, most fun players in the league, and I hope he gets the support he deserves here eventually before his window closes. Definitely. How about speaking of windows closing? How about uh, the Suns taking down the Lakers? Um, CP3, man, he's still got it. Trevor Booker looks like he's, you know, an emerging superstar too. Um, DeAndre Ayton was fine, uh, Jackson, whatever. But really it came down to, I think, in this series, the, the Suns looked great at the beginning. CP3 gets hurt, miss like towards the end of that game. Then they then they lose a couple, whatever. Uh, then Anthony Davis gets hurt. Anthony Davis looked great, and then you know he gets hurt now, and then that's that's all she wrote for the Lakers. It's it was a very two man team, right? I mean, so 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 remove uh, remove the teams, remove the names, remove Lakers, remove Suns, remove LeBron, remove a seven beat a two 
four games to two. I mean, that's what's supposed to be. That's what's supposed to happen. I mean, the Suns were the better team. Um, it's shocking because it's LeBron, but I mean, LeBron was playing one on five out there. Um, sucks. Yeah. Um, Bucks Casey, what are you going to say before, before I cut you off? I'm just curious, like, what do you do with Chris Paul? Because he wants to turn down his uh, next year of a contract. He wants to get a three-year extension. He's 36 years old, but he just can't stop taking teams to the playoffs and finding success. Do you give Chris Paul a three-year extension in, in Phoenix? Yeah, I mean, he can. He's he's a free agent. He can sign wherever he wants. Um, so he can go chase that ring wherever he wants to. Uh, if I'm a team, I'm trying to bring him in. Uh, there's there's no evidence that a team has ever gotten worse with Chris Paul on it. They only get better. Uh, they don't. They haven't won yet. But I, who knows? I mean, yeah, something I, I, this year. Look at that. That would be interesting. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah. So Bucks sweep Heat. Uh, no news there. Um, so the current series, you know, the matchups we got the Hawks Sixers. Who do you guys like? Man, uh, Ben Simmons. So I I said earlier I like point guards. The fact that people call Ben Simmons a point guard is an insult to point guards. He can't dribble, he can't shoot, and he can't make free throws. Give me Hawks as an upset, more because I want it, more than I actually think it will happen. It's more that I'm just disgusted at the way Ben Simmons plays basketball. (laughs) Yeah, I'm kind of with you there. I mean, I think Trey Young can kind of come into his own right now. Uh, and the Sixers are that kind of team that's just going to disappoint a little bit. So I, I, I like the Hawks to win this one. Embiid's a beast. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to take the Sixers to come out of that one. I think Tobias Harris, Embiid, and, and as good as much as you may hate on Simmons' offensibility, he can get to the cup and he can defend. So that's two very important things. Yeah, because he's a wing. He isn't a guard. Quit making Ben Simmons a guard. <laughs> Whatever. Um, the Nets are up 2-0 on the Bucks. Is that series over? Yep. I mean, as much as I would love to see the Suns win, I mean, I, I don't, I don't see any team beating the Nets with or without Harden. Kevin Durant is playing otherworldly right now. Is he, is he the best player on the planet right now? Absolutely. I said it last summer, and the group chat we're in kind of laughed it out. Oh, maybe top five. I said Kevin Durant's the best player. That's aging very well. You know, I only tell the takes that I'm right though. So of, of um, course. Uh, <laughs> What about Giannis and the Bucks? Like, are they going to make this interesting, or what, what's going to happen? No, uh, Giannis. I, I did talk about. It. He's kind of a flow player. Um, he doesn't have enough depth to his game. The Bucks just kind of do the same thing in the playoffs. They don't have enough anything interesting enough to beat the firepower for the Nets. Is well. it is it a coaching issue? I mean, if you think about what they do, like their coach runs a system. Like he he's not great at making adjustments in game. And um, I mean, when you've got all those isolation players with Kyrie and Harden and, and Durant there, and you know, what I mean, like the Nets are obviously to me they're a much better team than the Bucks at this point. But um, so the coach is going to get scapegoated here for sure. But ultimately, here's here's another Brandon hot take apples to oranges comparison: is Giannis Peyton Manning great in the regular season, win MVPs, you know, ultimately disappoints in the playoffs because he should be locking. He's the he's the two time. NBA MVP and he can't guard Kevin Durant. Like he can't even slow down Kevin Durant. Um, so I mean, at, at my point, you know, a former MVP has to has to start playing like that in the playoffs. It's 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 all on Giannis, in my opinion, not not the the coach or the surrounding players. I think Giannis is massively disappointing and 
and and has the last few playoffs. No one can guard Kevin Durant. Anyway, moving on. So the Suns Nuggets. Uh, You're telling like me there? the Greek freak reigning MVP can't stop or at least slow down. You don't win um, MVP because of defense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's not the reason he won the MVP award. Um, so, so the Suns, uh, Suns and the Nuggets. Uh, Suns are up one nothing right now. Uh, they're the two seed, obviously. Do you expect them, the Nuggets, to be able to? You know, is Denver going to be able to hang in here? Uh, Jokic on the other side, he just won the MVP, uh, first MVP award to be won by a center since two thousand by Shaq. It used to be mostly a lot, a lot of MVP awards won by big men there. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of interesting, I think. But uh, what do you think? Can the Nuggets get back in this? Yeah, I think this, this series is going to go six or seven. Uh, I do like the Suns to win this just because I think Aton's going to end up being enough at, at the big end of things and the guards should be a little bit better for the Suns. But the Nuggets are going to play this very strong. They have a very deep roster. It's going to be a, This is the best series in the playoffs right now, I think. Is, is is everyone annoyed with me bringing up guards yet? Nuggets backcourts, uh, uh, Capazzo and and freaking Green. Um, yeah. It's a horrible backcourt. No, um, Jamal Murray's definitely a it hurts. Yeah, I mean it, it, Jamal Murray. I think the Nuggets might be you know with with Jamal Murray, uh, Jokic and and Michael Porter. They might be the team I'd buy. Um, you know for a next you know a three to five year run. They 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 have a great you know big three there. Uh, but without Murray, unfortunately, I, I think this ends in in maybe five, um, really? just because of how bad that backcourt is in Denver. Uh, Jokic is going to have to pull some amazing games out of his ass to make this he's competitive. Capable. He's capable of it, though. He certainly is capable. And, and, and Mike, Michael Porter is becoming the real deal right in front of our eyes. Yes. He, he, he is becoming very, very good. Um, but unfortunately, again, being annoying, you need guards to win a game. They don't have any. Especially against the Suns, because the Suns are heavy on the guards with, uh, obviously, CP3 and uh, Trevor Booker there. So that's, yep. yeah, uh, <clears throat> they, can, they can throw enough with Aiton and stuff at Joker to, to, show him, to slow him down a little bit. Yep. And then the last one, uh, Jazz Clippers. Uh, so Jazz with Donovan Mitchell, Clippers with Kawhi. Uh, Jazz are up one nothing at this point. Do you think that it stays this way, or, or who, who do you expect to come out? And isn't it kind of interesting that we have four teams that have uh, never won uh, an NBA championship coming out of the West? Yeah, I think the Clippers, especially because the Lakers are gone, so Big Brother's out of it. They need to come back. This like if they're going to have a chance, because they're never going to get past the Lakers if they meet in the playoffs. Uh, I, I think they do make this a good series. I think they end up coming out with the, the win against the Jazz. If the Clippers lose, do they blow it up? Is Kawhi gone? Like, I, I, I don't, I don't know, but I, I do think they do lose. Um, I, I love what the Jazz have going on. I think Spider uh, is is an up and coming star right before our eyes. I love Donovan Mitchell at Louisville. I love what he's doing there in in uh, in Utah. Um, I, and my sole reason I think the Clippers lose is because they have playoff P and that doesn't mean Porzingis. Paul George might be the most overrated basketball player. That guy stinks. He stinks so bad. Um, he, I, I have no idea how he's kept up this charade that he's somehow a good player. I feel bad for Kawhi. I have to play with that joker. I, 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 wish, we had, 
I wish we had a uh, podcast or recording materials of what Brandon uh, Dubich thought about uh, playoff P PG 13 back when he was in Indiana <laughs> and, and, and right. like one of the, one of the five best players probably. <laughs> that Indiana team against uh, Cleveland was so much fun. Yeah. Two, 2013 was a long time ago. Anyway. So I mentioned it. Jokic wins the MVP. Uh, Derek Rose got an MVP award uh, or a vote from the fans. So oh, yeah. one, that, why do they let the fans vote in the first place? But also, if that's the case, come on, come on. I mean, New York's a big city; they have a lot. Not of even, he's not even a starter. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> uh, switching gears to hockey here. So um, the first one, first round recap. Like you know, we've got uh, Jets sweep, Avs sweep, um, the Blues, the the, um, the Bruins beat the Caps four one. Gentlemen sweep. Um, lightning, light, lightning beat the Panthers four two. Islanders beat the Penguins four no. two. Hur- no. Hur- Hurricanes beat the Predators four two. You know, most of those series were they were interesting for at least points, um, but uh, but you know, obviously went in favor of the better team. And then uh, how about the Maple Leafs blowing a three one lead to the Canadians uh, one one versus four in a in a weaker in a weaker uh, division probably than any of the other divisions that we have in hockey. Uh, the Maple Leafs. Failed to win another playoff series. Like, what kind? What level of choking is this, Brandon? Uh, I mean, I, I I would love to clown on Toronto, but I mean, they ran into Carey Price. It happens. Um, lesser teams beat better teams because of good goaltending. That's my rational take. Uh, my my hot take, my Brandon take is hot. Toronto fucking sucks. It happens again. You're a bunch of losers. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> so one thing that's interesting about this whole format with the Canada having one division that gets one team into a conference final or a semifinal, whatever it is, but only one, right? The way it was set up where there's, you know, teams on both sides, there's multiple opportunities for, uh, someone to come out and, uh, and actually play for uh, a Stanley cup, which th- when's the last time Canada won a Stanley cup? I, I don't remember anymore. Um, I don't know if I was alive, maybe, uh, Edmonton. Is that right? Something like that? Anybody? Bueller? Um, okay. I, I have no uh, idea. My hockey history is uh, <laughs> is a little rough. I mean, I'm thinking it's. I think it might be Gretzky and and uh, and Edmonton. Um, but yeah, uh, blowing three one lead. The hot Canadians continue to roll. They actually advance on and sweep the Jets already. Um, so the Jets and Avs both swept their first round opponent and are both. Uh, one's eliminated and one's trailing currently. Is sweep still a bad thing in hockey? Uh, does it just no? Dude. Is, is it a rust thing? No, no. Do you get beat up so much in hockey? You take every rest day you can get. Oh, absolutely. I hundred percent agree with you. But is it like? Is it just that the Canadian stayed super hot, uh, or what happened there? I don't know. They're they're not beating Colorado or Vegas. So I'm not sure how much how much it matters. We'll see. Um, and then we got uh, the Islanders Bruins. Uh, Bruins on the cusp of losing to the Islanders. The Islanders were not supposed to be the favorite there. Um, that's interesting. The Lightning have already advanced as well, uh, fending off Carolina 4 uh, 1 because they have the best goalie in the world. The Islands are everything that's wrong with hockey. They play an ugly brand, they play, they play really dirty, they're boring. I hate them. Um, they're slowly growing on my list. I hate the Capitals. I hate the Flyers, but the Islanders are close to those okay. two. So, so let's so let's uh, let's pick some some winners here. Who do you think wins? Avs, uh, Vegas. Uh, who wins the series? Flurry, flurry, flurry. 
So you're going to take Vegas. Uh, JC, do you have an opinion? I mean, I had the abs at the beginning of the series. That game last night was incredible. Uh, Flurry made some ridiculous saves. I, and I just I, either matchup's going to be fantastic with Canadians. Uh, do they force a game seven tonight or tomorrow? Yeah, yeah, I, I'm going to take the abs to win the series. Okay, you're going to take them to win both the last two games. Yep. Um, that's going to be interesting to watch. If it goes to game seven, if you're listening out there, make sure you tune in because that that's going to be a lot of fun. Game seven in hockey is one of the best things that, that we see in, in all of, in all of sports, right? Um, Islanders, Bruins, who you got? Fuck the Islanders. Bruins take the next two. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go with the Islanders. I Obviously, we hate the Islanders here in Pittsburgh, but – you have to respect what they do. They do what they do extremely well. Uh, Boston's kind of a one-line team. I think the Islanders take this. Force a very yeah. interesting series against the Lightning. Yeah. So um, and then so you you guys are both expecting it to be the Islanders, I guess. Um, I'm I'm leaning that way too. In in all honesty. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Did you say Bruins? That's right. You did. You did say Bruins. So. Uh, Let's say uh, let's let's project the next year next series. Who's going to advance to the cup? Uh, I I'd like to see the Lightning versus uh, Flurry, and Flurry gets one. Um, I think that would I think that's that's the most interesting storyline to me. Um, but because you know it, I it could be Canadians Islanders, and I won't tune in for a single second. <laughs> Yeah, it'll be the worst Stanley Cup possible series is the Canadians versus the Islanders. It would be horrendous. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 I mean, is it worse than the Lightning and Dallas was last year in terms of uh, the ratings, though? Because at least at least you get New York because you got the Islanders, and at least you get Canada. Uh, I don't know. I, I would like to see either the Avs or Vegas win. I'd love to see Flurry get another one. I think Nathan McKinnon and the Avs are just a, a really fun team. Can to you play. imagine the celebration if Vegas wins at home? Oh <laughs> my god! Uh, I just want to see the Lightning. Uh, I would love to see Lightning Vegas or Lightning Avs. I think either one of those series would be really good. And um, I mean, I think that either one would be fun, um, but I expect the winner of the Avs and Vegas to uh, fend off the Canadians. I don't think Carey Price can stay hot that long. Um, <clears throat> and then the Lightning are going to uh, beat up whoever they get out of the Islanders Bruins series, especially with the extra couple days of rest. All right. Uh, let's just touch on a quick little baseball uh, couple stories here. Uh, foreign substances have been a crackdown issue for major league. Um, Garrett Cole and Trevor Bauer have been two of the biggest stars in terms of pitching uh, recently. And they both went to UCLA, don't, apparently don't like each other. And uh, so that has led to some calling out. Um, using foreign substances, just another form of cheating. What's your stance on it there, uh, Brandon? You ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Um, the, Trevor Bauer makes baseball interesting. Garrett Cole wants to be the league's bad guy. Let him be bad guys. Sports need villains. Uh, let them cheat. It's fun. I mean, if, if you're the batter, wouldn't you rather have the pitcher at least have a – like, I'm okay with them having a good grip. They don't need all the extra shit to be able to um, to be able to spin it better, though, no, right? No, what, what, what the batter does is he walks out with a syringe and juices up right before the at-bat, and then it's even. <laughs> I don't think I don't think it'll set in that quickly. Um, <laughs> 
The Rays made an interesting trade in the midst of an 11-game winning streak. They traded their starting shortstop, Willie Adamas, for um, and, a, and a pitcher, Trevor Richards, for two two relievers, um, interesting relievers uh, with many controllable years. Uh, very Rays move of them, especially considering the depth that they have. Um, and then uh, the other major story in baseball, in my opinion, is just kind of the really young superstars really taking center stage here. Uh, Shohei Otani has been fantastic this year. Vlad Acuna and Fernando Tatis are all basically like battling it out for the home run lead, the four of them. Uh, and Otani's also doing it from the pitching mound. Is this the most interesting thing in baseball that we've seen in a while? I think Shohei Otani is. I'd like to give a little shout out to Brian Hayes for having one of the best slugging percentages of any uh, 24-year-old MLB history, by the way, even though he missed stepping on first base and got called out on a home run yesterday. But Brian Hayes, Pirates, good man. Yeah, yeah Brian Hayes is a, is, 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 is a beast. I can't wait till they let him go in four years. It's going to be wonderful. Um, Otani is the best <laughs> thing. Here, here's another hot take. Otani is the best thing to happen to baseball in 20 years, and the MLB will not take advantage of it. We'll see. Um, we'll get into more baseball coverage later as the season goes. Uh, still kind of early, but we might have some early sellers, so I would expect more trades coming. Um, and then, uh, is today the nicest day? Being six nine, it's 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 pretty nice. Everyone should go get a taco. <clears throat> Anything? Any other final remarks that we have before we before we wind down here? Absolutely not. Um, it was fun to do this again. It's been forever. Let's not let's not yeah. go on a break again. I missed you guys. So uh, Florida State's uh, softball team is playing for the World Series tonight in women's college world the women's college World Series for uh, for that, and they're up one one zero a best of three against Oklahoma, who's the number one seed coming in. So uh, go Knowles and get her done. Number one emerging collegiate sport as far as TV rankings, college softball. That blew my mind. Sarah Spain gave that fact uh, on Around the Horn on Monday. Um, I have no reason not to believe her. Um, I haven't watched a single second of it, but I do notice it's on my TV more and more every year. Um, So amazing. Um, Amazing that they're getting their coverage um, and and good for the athletes. Um, Go Oklahoma. You say uh, college volleyball is <laughs> super underrated. I, a little bit better than softball, in my opinion. But segue to our last podcast, Justin Fields, week one starter. There we go. Perfect. Perfect. All right, guys. Until we do this next time, take it easy. <laughs>